Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, we have spent a large portion of this offseason on hashtag ClownyWatch2020, but a more important and more concerning situation and search has begun, and that is hashtag BeasleyWatch2020. Where is Vic Beasley? We will talk about that first, and then we will hear from Mike Vrabel, the head coach of the Titans, talked with Nashville media for quite some time on the opening day of training camp, so I will play you the highlights from that conversation and give you my analysis on some of the more interesting things that we heard from Coach Mike Vrabel. Audio is courtesy of TennesseeTitans.com, so we will dive into that, but the most pressing issue at hand is where in the world is Vic Beasley and I even spent time on a Tic Tac Titans film breakdown earlier this all season displaying what he could do for the Titans pass rush and if you missed that or any of the other film breakdowns that I put together so far this all season make sure that you follow me on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans so you never miss them again also subscribe to the Locked On Titans podcast on iTunes, or follow on Spotify, whatever platform you do stream, make sure that you are locked in to the Locked On Titans podcast, as I will be bringing you Monday through Friday content throughout the entire season. So really excited for training camp, but we need to hear from Vic Beasley, and there's an interesting spin on this story that I will talk to you guys about. So excited to dive into that, along with hearing from head coach Mike Vrabel about the start of Titans training camp. Let's get it. Entering the 2020 offseason, the Tennessee Titans and general manager John Robinson found themselves in a familiar position, needing help at the edge rush position. The Titans needed to add talent to their pass rush group, and one of the first ways we saw John Robinson try to attack that position is by signing free agent outside linebacker Vic Beasley, and Beasley got a one-year, $9.5 million deal with incentives that could take that deal up to $12 million, and Beasley was expected to get back to his all-pro form from earlier in his career, or at least the hope was that the Titans coaching staff could get him back to that level, or at least close to that level, and that would be a boon for the Titans defense that had been missing a significant pass rush threat opposite of the newly emerging Harold Landry. So Beasley had a big role on the Titans defense slated for him heading into 2020, but two days into Titans training camp and Beasley is still a no-show. We knew about his absence from day one of training camp when the Titans announced that he was being added to the reserve did not report list that was on the waiver wire for the National Football League so that was something that we knew after day one. We did not know whether or not Vic Beasley had made contact with the team to let them know about his absence that it was upcoming or at least after it happened let them know why he was absent but we got a report 
on Wednesday from Ian Rappaport from the NFL Network that led us in a little bit to the communication flow between the Titans and Vic Beasley. And Rappaport had this to say, quote, Titans veteran pass rusher Vic Beasley did not show up for COVID-19 testing again today, and there has been no communication on why or where he is, per sources. The team put Beasley, one of its big free agent signings, on the reserve did not report list yesterday, end quote. So, of course, we knew about that from yesterday's waiver wire transaction, but to hear from this tweet from Rappaport that there appears to be no communication whatsoever between the team and Beasley on where he is is or why he's absent is a major red flag and a big concern. Quite frankly, there had been word about Beasley and some character concerns during his time at Atlanta. It was a concern for the Titans heading into any negotiation with Beasley, and it seems to have reared its ugly head very early on in the relationship between Beasley and the Titans. One thing that we don't know for certain is Beasley's intentions or reasoning for missing. Is it possible that he would be considering an opt-out due to COVID-19? Is there something else going on? At this point, honestly, it's unfair to speculate, and one would hope that Beasley is in good health and is safe at this moment in time and not in any unfortunate circumstances that are unknown. One really unusual aspect to this story, though, is that Vic Beasley and John Robinson, the general manager of the team, actually share an agent. So that makes it even more peculiar that there is no communication because of how easy it would be for these two sides to have that dialogue. John Robinson is clearly close with his own agent. It would be nothing more than a simple text message to check on where Vic Beasley is at or what's going on at the minimum to know that he's safe and it's nothing to be concerned about long term or any kind of legal situation that the authority should be involved. You try not to think the worst at this moment in time, but it it would be unfair to only say that it's voluntary that he has not arrived. Who knows what's going on with Beasley at this time, but it is odd that John Robinson's own agent can't inform him on the location or the intentions of his other client. Now, you have to ask yourself, is this a situation where the agent does know where Beasley is, but he has to do what's best for his client, and just because he represents someone else, not give away any personal information, who knows what Beasley's angle is here. Maybe his agent being the best agent possible to Beasley can't tell John Robinson what's going on. Or you could look at it from a more concerning and negative standpoint and think, what if the agent doesn't know either? And that would be even more concerning to the Titans, especially considering that their edge rush group isn't very deep and that this has been the only real move that Robinson has made to address the position. One thing that I will say about Vic Beasley, and like I said, I don't mean to speculate, but if for some reason he does opt out for COVID-19, that means that his contract will toll. The Titans will have the salary cap space that they used on Vic Beasley. They can choose choose to roll that over for next year so that his cap hit that shows up all of a sudden in 2021 isn't as damaging because they have rolled over their cap space, basically put it in a savings account for next year. But what the Titans could do is, because they're going to need help at that position, as I just said, Beasley is really all Robinson has, has done to try to address the position. The Titans at that point would have to consider taking some of that extra salary cap space they got back and putting it towards a full court press 
for Jadavian Clowney. If you want to hear more about what Mike Vrabel thinks about Jadavian Clowney and Clowney Watch 2020, also you want to hear some really good deep information about what Titans practices look like, then hang with me here as I go through the highlights from Mike Vrabel's day one training camp opening Zoom conference. Coach Mike Vrabel gave his training camp opening Zoom conference on Tuesday, and while we've had the opportunity to talk about the biggest storylines coming out of the first two days of training camp and that Zoom conference from Mike Vrabel, we haven't quite had the opportunity to dive deep and look at some of the more interesting tidbits that came out of his conversation with local Nashville media that simply we have not had the time to get around to with all the big major storylines that have popped up. Before we dive into that audio, though, I want to take this moment to remind you guys that the Friday mailbag is a sco. Make sure that you send your mailbag questions to me today on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans. I will read and respond on tomorrow's show, but let's dive right into this audio. And what I wanted to do is I wanted to break things up for you guys. So I'm going with the heavy football questions first. Let's dive right into the football. Uh, Um, And then in the back half of hearing from Mike Vrabel to round out our show, we are going to hear about some of the more COVID-related questions that were asked. I really enjoyed, my spirits really raised any time during the press conference, Zoom conference, when Mike Vrabel just just talked football. It felt good to hear football, and I don't mean to be irresponsible and neglect what's going on in the world, but still some sense of normalcy in hearing about the game that we love. Uh, It felt great, so I want to start off with all the football-related items and get into those. And I think the most interesting thing that I heard football-wise throughout the day was Mike Vrabel talking about how to evaluate players during this training camp and this preseason considering all of the restrictions. He had some very interesting things to say about ways that they will get around that, not get around that per se, but ways they'll find to evaluate these players just as well as they could in a normal offseason. Some good stuff right here. Well, I think the evaluation will will start here when we get into the meetings uh, and the walkthroughs um, and then continue. And then when you watch them at practice, you have to evaluate the competitive situations. Uh, Can can they, you know, can they stay on their feet? Can they can they can they tackle? Uh, We may have to have, you know, some scrimmages where where some of these younger players um, are are in a live situation um, as, as it relates to tackling and so critical on special teams. You know, I'm not not ready to tell you that we're going to go live on special teams, but you know, we're going to have to put guys in competitive situations to to be able to evaluate them. And you know, we've done that in the past when we have had games. So um, or scrimmages. Um, you know, we've split the team up before, and we've had players draft teams, and and we've gone out and, and, and operated in the stadium, and you know, we'll have to have some of those days. And Vrabel expounded upon that later in the interview, and I think that's incredibly interesting. And boy, would I love to be a fly outside of the field when the Titans are having a real close-to-live inter-squad scrimmage. But Vrabel talks about that more here. Sure, yeah, I wasn't being playful. I just was saying, like, we may have to go live when you you know live up until the the, the return. 
You know, I mean, we're not going to go down and smoke the returner. That's all I was saying. Like, just, you know, so that there's some space and some distance with some of these return games. This is critical um, that, that we don't go out there in our first live kickoff return is uh, September 15th. And, and somebody gets hurt because that's the last thing that you want to do and say, well, I just wasn't ready for, for that guy and his speed to come down there uh, as he was covering the kickoff because we all know that's what's going to happen on September 15th on Monday night, that, that they're going to be flying down there. You know, there, there's a very good chance. We're never going to cut. We're never going to ask um, our offensive linemen to cut our defensive linemen uh, in practice, um, which sometimes during the game, their block and their assignment would tell them that they would have to. Um, but do I think that Darrington Evans needs to get tackled? Yeah, probably at some point in time through training camp. You know, Darrington needs to get tackled because on September 15th, uh, he's going to try to get hit and tackled really hard, um, as hard and as legally as, as the Broncos and the, and the rest of the team that we play do. So, you know, that, that's something that I have to consider and, and look at, but we're not going to, we're not going to cut players to the ground, uh, during training camp. I think Vrabel makes an excellent point there. These guys at some point in time are going to have to have live scrimmages. They're going to have to get hit, get tackled tackle people you can't have NFL players the entire NFL going out on week one without having any live action whatsoever in my opinion that's almost just as risky as the virus that they're dealing with in terms of a health issue NFL players need to be ramped up and prepared for the contact that they're going to experience it would be dangerous and just not smart from a football perspective either to do it any other way so interesting to hear that considering those limitations and that Scrimmages may have to be involved, things like that, to get the players ready to go. That is going to give them a way to evaluate guys who may have been able to take advantage of those preseason games. Those type of players, does Mike Vrabel think that he has to do more to give them an opportunity? Well, I mean, we always, I mean, there's a lot of it's on the player, you know, I mean, it's, um, but what we have to, as coaches, give them every opportunity and we have to teach, we have to develop, and then we have to inspire them. And, you know, I told him yesterday, if you guys believe all this stuff about undrafted free agents um, aren't going to have an opportunity to make NFL rosters, I said, you guys are nuts. You know, I mean, you have an opportunity because you're sitting here and everybody's working under the same rules. Um, so to think that, you know, one player is going to be the same player he was last year because he played in preseason games. Um, if he hadn't gotten any better, he, he's probably not going to be any good in, in, in practice setting either. So, um once we've given them the tools to go out and, and the confidence and, and the trust to do their job, you know, then it's on them to, to, to go out and um, to take every opportunity that they have during the practice and the walkthroughs uh, and, and give themselves every advantage to, to be a player that ends up making this roster. I really love Rabel's attitude right there, and as the head coach of a football team, you can't look at the undrafted free agents and tell them they have no chance, but one thing about having any success is having opportunity, and at the end of the day, there's no way to deny that these undrafted free agents and, and roster bubble guys are going to have less of an opportunity to show their stuff, and while it's fair to say if you watch someone go 3 for 10 uh, from the free throw line, while it's fair to say that if they shot another 10 free throws, they'd make 3 and go 6 for 20, the reality is is that some of these players go 3 for 10, but then they go 
8 for 10. And I know this is just an analogy, but the reality is with more opportunity gives you more just that, more opportunity for success. So some of these guys maybe won't have enough reps or enough opportunity to truly show the kind of potential that they could have and give them the best opportunity to make the roster. So without saying the word opportunity anymore, let's hear what Mike Vrabel has to say about rookie right tackle Isaiah Wilson. So at this point in time in the press conference, he had not announced that Wilson was going on the COVID-19 list, but I think what he had to say should give Titans fans high hopes and optimism that Wilson still has the opportunity to be the starting right tackle for the Tennessee Titans. Sorry, I think the lines of uh, the lines of scrimmage, Joe, I think are something that there's some carryover with at the from the college level, especially you know playing in, in a big conference or for a big school that carries over because some of the you know the techniques may be somewhat different, but a lot of the blocking schemes uh, are going to be similar. Now the names may be different or what we call it, but you know they'll have time to get out on the field and. I would say that the playbook probably isn't quite as large than, let's say, a wide receiver. Uh, the learning, you know, if I'm a right tackle, I know that I'm going to go out there and I'm going to line up next to the right guard, and I'm going to have a split. But with a receiver, uh, his his alignment may be on either side. It may be inside. It may be outside. It's on top of the numbers. It's two yards inside the numbers. And so, um, you know, we're hopeful that we'll get him up to speed after seeing him in the zoom meetings and now you know having a mirror um and we'll go from there gotta love hearing some of the things that Vrabel had to say there about how you know specifically big time college football SEC football can translate to the NFL a lot quicker than some other positions just a little bit of change and terminology what things are called but for the most part what he's doing is the same so that does give you high hopes but if Isaiah Wilson expects to be the starting right tackle day one for the Tennessee Titans. He's going to have to stand out in camp, stand out in the preseason, I say in quotes because it's more of a time period than using actual games as the reason for the phrase, but... If Isaiah Wilson wants to be the starting right tackle, he's going to have to find a way to stand out even with the unusual circumstances. How does Mike Vrabel think uh, a player could do that, and has anyone done that this offseason? Yeah, I think I appreciate you bringing that up. I haven't been able to to recognize those players in front of the team because we we haven't had an opportunity uh, to have everybody there. Um, You know, our first full squad meeting uh, won't occur until the afternoon of of August 2nd, um, just the way that um, the, these two groups overlap and, and how they, you know, acclimatize themselves uh, into training camp. So that will occur. Um, and, and really, it was uh, just my evaluation, coach's evaluation of, of who we felt like um, really took great strides in, uh, in, in the meeting room. And, you know, it's a good mix of players. Some of these players um, aren't, aren't uh, full-time starters. Some of them are relatively new to our team. Some of them have been here, but uh, just the development and um, their progression um, in our system through the meetings. One note out of that comment is that the first official team meeting with everyone who passed through the testing portion of training camp will be on the afternoon of August 2nd. So that is interesting to note. But the next question that Mike Vrabel answered that I thought was interesting is talking about how training camp will be different without having Dean Pease around. 
Um, well, Dean hasn't been uh, with us since the end of the season, so you know, I feel like we've transitioned um, on. You know, just like every other year, there's a lot of change. There's turnover. Um, I'm very appreciative of what Dean, um, the, what he provided for two years. Um, but, but again, extremely excited about the staff that we have now working defensively. Um, you know, I think that again, I'll, I'll reiterate what I said in, in, in June when, when I'm not in front of the defense, uh, Shane, Shane Bowen, uh, will be, will be that voice. Um, when, when I'm not in a defensive uh, meeting with the coaches, uh, that, that will be Shane will be running it. And, uh, you know, I would imagine that as we continue to work through practices and in, a, in an unscripted environment, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll come up with, you know, ways to make calls, uh, whether I make them or, or whether Shane makes them or, you know, we're, we're, we're going to work through that process as we, as we get through practice. And, you know, we're going to start, you know, August uh, 14th uh, with one of our first OTAs. And then as we work through and, and use the time and, and, and have unscripted periods or have uh, scrimmage settings, you know, we'll, we'll see how that play calling process goes. Vrabel still, still refuses to give us any information whatsoever on who's calling defensive plays. But to move on, to move on, Rabel has not spoken since Derrick Henry got his contract. So here, Rabel gives his comments on Henry's deal. Well, I mean, no, you know, I mean, there's a lot of guys that are important to this football team. Um, I would say Derrick's, you know, at, at you know at the top of that list with with a handful of guys. Um, extremely happy for him. Um, happy that um, John was able and his staff was able to get something done. Um, we're, we're always excited to get our, our players, our core players um, under contact uh, contract for, for, for more than the, the current year. Um, and so, you know, as it relates to the locker room, I think you're always conscious um, of, transactions you know i'd like to think that you know the, the contracts could stay out of the locker room um but they, they have a tendency to sometimes filter in um and so i i, I don't know i mean i think our guys i, I hope that they think that you know we, we're going to try to take care of guys but we're also going to always do what's best for the team um because that's important too so uh excited to have Derek um extended uh, he was under contract. This, this is going to provide that, that he's got, you know, so, some years, some more years with us. Um, he's such an impact for us, um, such a unique player. Uh, and again, I've touched on his leadership that's continued to, to grow. And that's the thing that when we get all back in here, you know, that I'm looking forward to, you know, to the most. And then what would a Mike Vrabel or, for that matter, a Tennessee Titans Zoom conference be without some Jadavian Clowney questions? And all I can tell you is I think Mike Vrabel might have had enough of Clowney Watch 2020. Uh, as of now, I don't think that Jadavian Clowney is scheduled to, to, to be on a flight in here to meet with our doctors as it stands at 1227. John, right now, JD is not under contract with the Tennessee Titans. That that's all I can tell you guys. Um, you know, he, he's a free agent, uh, one that we've had contact with. 
Um, but but he's he's not under contract with the Tennessee Titans. So um, that that's all I can tell you. Let's continue hearing the highlights from Titans head coach Mike Vrabel's opening training camp Zoom conference. And we'll get into the COVID portion of the questioning here. Wanted to save this for the end for you guys. Get to the football first, of course. But the first question that Vrabel was asked of the entire Zoom conference is just how worried he is about doing training camp in a pandemic. Well, not not try to use worried, Teresa. You know, obviously always very concerned about the health and safety of our players and their family and, and the coaches and our, and our staff in this building. Um, but, but until we see how our protocols and our plan uh, that the NFL and the Players Association work so hard to put into place, until we see how those um, are going to function uh, and work, um, we, we can't make any changes. We have to to follow the plan. Uh, and then when things, um, when we're not happy with how things are going, then, then we have to quickly um, change the plan. So right now we're, we're going to move forward with our plan of, of how we test the players when they come in and they report. Uh, they'll, they'll test today, they'll test tomorrow, they'll take a day off, they'll test again, and then uh, they'll begin their physical procedures. So you know, we'll have a pretty good idea of how that's going Um and again, we're we're happy with this with this Titans bubble that we've created, um, you know, throughout this process. I really can't help it, but I just want to find a way to say bubble of the Titans. I don't know why. I can't figure it out. But let's continue moving forward. And I thought this was a pretty interesting portion of the questioning here. Just asked about the different groups and that the players will be broken up to and how the Titans coaches will handle scheduling for all of these different practices and procedures that need to happen. Yeah, we, we the, the plan is broken up into two groups. We brought the you know, group in on the, on the 23rd. And again, now here on the 28th and, and the, and the days are, it's, it, you're looking at a, a seven day window to start this thing off. And there, there's a test and a self quarantine. Uh, the next day there's a test and a self quarantine. Uh, hopefully on the third day, the, the, the players are more conscious of, of the quarantine. The fourth day would be their third COVID test. Um, on the fifth day, uh, there'll be physicals that will be performed. Uh, and any other um, administrative meetings uh, on the sixth day, there would be some more, um, let's say, um, equipment fitting uh, and, and more procedural work, uh, some some videos from the NFL. And then on the seventh day, we can start to have them come in and uh, begin to have a, a normal day of lifting and meeting and, and, and running and, and, and um, a walkthrough. But, um, you know, it's important for, for our rookies you know, the, these guys, all but one, I think, Darrington Evans, we visited um, before the facilities were shut down. So for all but for one player, um, they hadn't been in this building. And so they didn't know where the cafeteria was. And, you know, so we were able to split up into groups and do some walkthroughs and show them where the meeting rooms were, uh, show them where um, stop and, and have a, a, a meeting with Todd and the protocols that have to happen in the training room and, and where guys need to tape and how we're going to operate with the cold tubs and treatment and then work through into the weight room with Frank and his staff and, and how we can properly 
uh, physically distance ourselves as we work out and train and, and keep to that number of, of 15, which was negotiated by the league and the players association. The reality of that answer is Mike Vrabel just went over the NFL Players Association designated plan with you with a little bit of extra details about their process. So I thought that was pretty interesting to listen to, but quite frankly, Vrabel uh, checked the box, did his job, and just gave us exactly what the schedule is supposed to be with just a few extra details. So I do appreciate that, but what is Vrabel's opinion on player opt-outs? So obviously very sensitive to the you know, the feelings of those players around the league that have done that. Um, my focus is on, on our team, like it always is. Uh, but Anthony McKinney did inform uh, John and, and myself uh, that he was going to opt out. And um, you know, we, we support all those those players that have done that. As far as uh, future players, um, have not heard, have not talked to, to any of them. Um, but, um, again, we'll wait till um, – our players um, make the decision that's in the best interest for, for them and their family before we proceed. And I think they have until Monday to, to do that. But um, Anthony came in and shared the, that message with us. And, and so we, we went ahead and, and, and moved uh, to the, you know, moved him to the list and, and, and try to get him where he needed to be. So obviously we knew that Anthony McKinney would be an opt out. We had talked about that on yesterday's show, but uh, you know, wanted to get Vrabel's opinion in there and obviously I agree with him. It's it's a personal choice everyone has to make and who knows what everyone's situation is. So um, whatever decision they make can't really fault anybody for that. But one interesting question along with the schedules and the procedures and the calendar as Mike Vrabel laid it out is do the coaches really know what a regular practice will look like yet? Have they gone over those protocols? Have you thought about that? Is it just a day at a time here? Well, the protocols are such that, um, you know, players, but we have to be socially distanced in a meeting. Our, our, our squad meeting is, is in the bubble. Our, our offensive and defensive unit meetings are in the bubbles. Um, you know, the, the first, you know, eight days, uh, that they can begin activity is lifting and running. And, you know, we work our way through different phases as it relates to having the coaches with them, you know, after that nine day window. And then we work through an OTA process where we'll look like uh, we would normally look at, at let's say veteran mini camp or the first few days of the acclimatization period of training camp. And then we'll have a day off and we'll get into some, you know, full pads. And, you know, there's days off in there and there's different days and, just trying to be conscious of, of, of their bodies and, and their health and, and also getting the work in that we need to get in. I thought this next answer was, was pretty fun to listen to. Basically, what has actually changed about the facilities to turn it into a quote-unquote bubble? I want to thank the people that allowed us to move into the bubble with social and physical distancing uh, Anthony Pastrana, our video coordinator, and all those members of John's staff that um, turned our, our bubble, you know, into meeting rooms. And uh, that we have speakers, we have wireless headsets for the coaches, for each coach to, to wear um, assigned seating so that, that players are coming back in the same seat after they leave. We clean them, uh, but they're coming back into the same seats. You know, we'll, we'll obviously clean them, our cleaning staff. 
uh, Johnny and LaCoya who are, are going through here um, after people leave the weight room. You know, there's a crossover time. You have to build in time to clean the weight room. But we have screens outside set up. Um, so that's where we'll be doing all that stuff. And we'll go, we'll transition from a squad meeting to a special teams meeting and then to our offensive and defensive unit meetings. And then Vrabel touched on an interesting theory of quarantining the quarterbacks, say that three times fast, quarantining the quarterbacks away from each other so that the team doesn't run the risk of having all quarterbacks be infected at the same time. Well, I think that that's, that's a conversation that, that we'll obviously have to have uh, when, it, when it gets closer to the season, Terry. I think we're at a time now where you know, we have to trust the testing procedures and the protocols that are in place um, and, and allow these guys to, to meet and, and to walk through. Uh, but there's going to certainly be conversations that we'll have to have um, as it relates to players and, and, you know, whether that's, you know, there's the practice squad is bigger and there's four players that you can protect and that you can bring up uh, whenever you need to and, and take them back down. And you know, there's a lot of different things with the roster that are going to be different. But as of now, there hasn't been a conversation as as far as, you know, keeping a guy away. Uh, does that make him safer um, unless he's in a true quarantine, you know, at his own house and never leaves? Is he any safer uh, outside than he is in our building? You know, so we, we can we can protect him here. I think it's everybody's responsibility, our players and our coaches and our staff to to make sure that we're doing everything that we can when we leave here. Um, to be as responsible as we can be. I think it's completely fair for Vrabel to to say that, you know, the outside world outside of the building is probably just as dangerous, if not more, than being inside. So, understandable there. It would be interesting to see what they do going forward. But speaking of, you know, quarantining players from each other, what does the locker room actually look like right now? Some teams have had to create additional locker room space and different facilities, but what what is the Titans locker room situation? Uh, we went through that process um, early on um, when, when we knew that this was going to be something that we needed to do, and we were able to install um, dividers, in between the lockers that that go out, um, you know, four feet so that there's a divider in between each locker. Um, everything that you do needs to be submitted through the Players Association and through the through the NFL. Uh, that that process was approved, uh, and, and so we were able to to house everybody in one locker room. You know, the other alternative was, you know, you're going to have to make the bubble into, you know, you're going to have to put lockers out in the bubble and. And, and go from there. But, you know, we were able to um, install dividers that that passed that the, the was sufficient for the protocol. The locker room is one thing, but the real issue is when guys leave the building and go out to do whatever they please in their own environments. And how can Mike Vrabel control his locker room and his players to try to limit how much the virus can impact the team? His thoughts. Well, one, you, you can't control, uh, you know, um, I've learned that you can't control people. You have to try to influence them the, the best that you can. Um, and, and especially you're not going to be able to control a, a professional football player outside the building. 
So um, I know the type of people that, that John and I and, and Miss Amy have tried to bring onto this football team. Um, and, and I know that it's important to them that their, their health and safety and their family's health and safety is important to them. So I'm, I'm again, always hopeful that we're making the right decisions away from here. Um, and doing everything that can maintain um, the best health that we can. In my opinion, that answer was surprisingly deep, and Mike Vrabel is dropping some real-life knowledge in there about control and influence. So I thought that was a pretty interesting question if you look at it, or interesting answer if you take it out of the context of being a football coach, at least from my perspective. But one thing that Mike Vrabel will have to deal with with his guys and that he will have to control is their level of boredom. There won't be any games. There won't be any inner squ- or joint practices with other teams. A lot of the times you hear from guys during training camp that they're so excited to hit somebody else and see somebody else. That's not going to be the case. So how do you keep the players extra motivated and how do you keep them into it with all the boredom that could come along with the extra procedures added in from COVID-19 and then also the things that usually get them energized throughout the process that we'll be missing? Well, we've thought about it. We've thought about the the mental toll, David, that that takes place um, over the course of this, this process, you know, even talking about leaving for a preseason game uh, that's supposed to be played on a Saturday in August, you know, you have a walkthrough and, and, and then you get on a plane and, and you leave and you, know, you maybe get to, to Washington and you, and you grab a steak with the position group and you have a team meeting at seven 30 or a position meeting at seven 30 and a, Another meeting at 1030 in the morning after breakfast, and then you can sit around, study your game plan, get prepared, whatever you need to do, play a game, and you have the next day off. And so that's a that's a little bit of a window, and you're, you're traveling, and you're breaking it up. So very conscious of what the schedule looks like, uh, and it was hard and difficult this year because, again, we didn't get uh, the schedule up until just a few days ago. And so uh, it's been changed, and it's been tinkered with um, – just a few times, quite honestly, to, to get where we feel like it's going to allow the players to, to work and have a day off and work a few days. Um, we've built in some, you know, regeneration days where we're not, you know, we're not practicing and, you know, we're just meeting and, and trying to get these guys out. And um, so hopefully we can we can settle into a schedule uh, that's very functional and, and for the players. And then the last answer I'm going to play for you guys here, it's all old news, quite frankly, uh, things that we know, things that we've talked about. But the question was, is Mike Vrabel paying attention to what's going on with other sports leagues? And just to give you guys an update, this is new news, but the NBA has had zero COVID-19 test in their last round over the past month with all of the people that they have in the bubble, so that's incredibly encouraging. But then on the other hand, as most of you probably know, there were 18 Miami Marlins that tested positive. Their games have been postponed. Uh, They could have possibly infected other teams, but luckily the Phillies came back with negative results, so there are positive and negative results to look at. The MLS is doing pretty good and they're back to soccer tournament that happened. Uh, the PGA Tour seems to be doing all right. Obviously, the NFL and the MLB are different environments because of the amount of players that are involved in different teams. So there's good news and positive news on the COVID-19 front in the sports world. 
Is Mike Vrabel paying attention to that? And then at the end, he drops tons of bombs. All of the news that we talked about on yesterday's show, he just casually threw in at the end of his press conference when he knew that he wouldn't have to answer any questions about the statements that he was making. So savvy move there by head coach Mike Vrabel. I thought it'd be funny for you guys to hear how he did that. Well, it's always important uh, that you follow the protocols from the league. The league sends out a lot of memos. Um, and, and again, you know, the, the um, it, it, it's a it's a fine line, you know, and one that we're really not sure um, how it's going to go. You know, there, there's questions about the season and we're focused on today. We're focused on the on the test that we've gotten back today and the players that are in our building. Um, that, that's what we're focused on and, and, and continuing to to not look too far ahead, but obviously always plan for things that may come up. Uh, and, and then, you know, I think it's important because a lot of these things are collectively bargained through the Players Association. Um, we, we are waiting for for input from the league on, on how to handle and make sure that everybody's following the protocols and, and we're doing what's best um, for the player. So um, I, I do do want to say, you know, it's because the, the waiver wire is going to go out today and I'm not going to take any more questions, but I am just going to let you know uh, that. Um, Jayon will be on uh, the PUP. Jayon Brown will be on the PUP list to start training camp. Um, and then Isaiah Wilson was placed on the uh, COVID-19 reserve list. So that you guys have that prior to the waiver wire going out. Uh, and that's, that's all I'll do to talk about the roster as it stands now. Savvy move, Mike savvy move but that is going to do it for me today day two of titans training camp is officially recapped i'm going to be back with you guys tomorrow for a friday episode of the locked on titans podcast i do believe barring any more crazy titans news that we are going to go ahead and jump into the defensive part of our roster predictions and obviously I also want to do our Friday mailbag so make sure you send in your mailbag questions to me at Tic Tac Titans on Twitter but that is going to do it for me today Titans fans as always I am your host Tyler Rowland and this was Locked on Titans